This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge. Hey, Ron Borges. Yes, sir. You know what it means when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance? means you should have called 15 minutes ago. You need the cash. You should have. Listen to Ron Borges. Go to Geico.com, and you should have gone 15 minutes ago. So go. Our next guest anchored two generations of New England Patriots Super Bowl defenses. It's Willie McGinnis. He was a defensive end on the Bill Parcells-led defense that faced the Packers in Super Bowl 31, and later was a hybrid outside linebacker slash defensive end on Bill Belichick's first three Super Bowl champions. Willie not only was a two-time Pro Bowl choice, but he set the postseason record for both career sacks and the single game high of four and a half. And when he retired after 15 seasons, his 86 career sacks ranked 44th all-time and are more than Hall of Famers Junior Seau and Howie Long, among others. Willie's one of the 94 players on the Hall of Fame's preliminary ballot, and you can catch him as an analyst and commentator on the NFL Network, or you can catch him here right now. Willie McGinnis, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. As you know, Willie, better than most, the nature of the Patriots' dynasty was to downplay uh, individual accomplishments, really to the point where it's Belichick and Tom Brady, uh, the guys that they talk about as Hall of Famers, and not so much about the rest of you players. I'm wondering if you think that that philosophy maybe is hurting your road to the Hall of Fame and and guys like Ty Law and and Richard Seymour, but you in particular. Do you think the voters understand that you're not going to have the numbers that uh, some other guys would have because of the system? I think that's a great point, Ron. I think that um, when you talk about the Patriots, we created something and started something that wasn't really popular. You know, when we start winning games and championships, it wasn't popular to be a ball team. It was more popular to be individuals and the individual individual aspect to it. It was ingrained in our mind and and we bought into the team team first and through team success you could always have individual success and I think that's what made our team a family and made us so special. Um, I think when you listen to Brady talk, you listen to Belichick talk today and now, regardless if somebody's trying to focus the attention on one guy, it always seems to spread to the team. Even when you listen to Grock and some of these other superstars that are playing, they try to push off the individual accolades and accomplishments and, and talk more about the team. And I don't mind that. I think that's special. I think that's what made our team and what makes the Patriots now. And there's some other teams like that. I look at Seattle. They're like that. Uh, I look at Minnesota right now, what they're doing, missing a lot of their superstar players. And they, and, and Mike Zimmer's talking the same way. And the players are rallying around whoever's in there and, and they're talking the same way. So yeah, I think it, it, it hinders when you talk about individual accolades, that when you talk about team success and winning championships and Super Bowls, I think that's the that's the recipe you need to have. Well, in the modern era, over 50% of the Hall of Famers came from the offensive side of the ball, only 34% from the defensive side. What are the voters missing? Well, I mean, I think they're starting to see it now with, with, with the guy like Bob Miller being the, the, the Super Bowl MVP or the difference not having a Josh Norman on your defense or you know, J.J. Watt being a three-time MVP, the impact he has when he's not on the field versus when he's on the football field. You know, 
for us, we don't catch the touchdowns and do a lot of things. Not all the time. It happens sometimes, but it's not the glorified position. And it's okay that as you watch football now, more than ever, you know, a couple of years ago, everybody thought it shifted to you could just score, outscore everybody. And whoever has the most prolific offense and the more weapons then can score the most points are going to win football games. But we saw that in um, a few years ago when, a perfect example, Denver pretty much broke every offensive record that year, was averaging almost 40 points a game. And they played against the Seattle Seahawks team in the Super Bowl who had a great defense who wasn't averaging that many points and only probably threw the ball 25 times a game, dominated from start to finish that entire game. And it kind of brought people back to saying that, hey, if you got a great defense, if you got a run game, and you can take care of the ball on offense, your chances of winning Super Bowls are very, very high. Versus having a great offense and scoring a lot of points and not being strong in all the other areas. So as a defensive player, I understand the league. I understand how it shifts and changes. But at the end of the day, when you break things down, if you don't win the line of scrimmage, if you can't run the football, and if you can't turn the ball over and play great defense, you don't have a shot in hell to win a Super Bowl. To get back to you for a minute, Willie, in, in Super Bowl 36, you spent a lot of time keying on Marshall Falk. Uh, then Super Bowl 39, Belichick put you at defensive end and told you to make sure Donovan McNabb never got outside you. Do you think at all that you, that versatility, when it comes to getting into the Hall of Fame, maybe worked against you a little bit because people say, well, was he a linebacker, was he a defensive end? Do you ever think that maybe if he just played one position all those years, you'd have been better off when it comes to the Hall? I mean, absolutely. And I, and I think the voters should take that kind of into consideration. And let's just be clear. I played the game to win Super Bowls. I didn't play the game to go to Pro Bowls. I didn't play the game to go to the Hall of Fame. That was never on my mind while I was playing. I wanted to win Super Bowls. Any, any, anybody playing in the NFL, in my opinion, that's the number one goal. Everything else, all the other accolades that come, I think is icing on the cake. Now, you said something earlier about the different positions or my role changing. In our system in New England, your role changes every single week. If I was strictly a pass rusher, I'd probably have over 125, whatever it is, 100-plus sacks. Because if you just pass rush, like a lot of the pass rushers, that's in the Hall of Fame, that's all you do, then you have more opportunities to get sacks. Well, in our system, I would say maybe 25 to 30%, maybe even more of the time, the game plan dictated whether I rushed or whether I was in coverage. And if we play teams that threw the ball, or presented certain problems, guess what? My rush opportunities were going to be limited. And I was fine with that because my mindset was I was going to do whatever was best for the team. Mike Vrabel was the same way. Teddy Bruschi was the same way. Roman Pfeiffer, Ted Johnson, everybody was on the same page when it came to that. And I didn't get an opportunity to rush a lot. That's fine with me because my job was to do what the coach asked me to do for that particular week. And it changed every single week. And I wouldn't trade that in. I wouldn't trade my assignment. I wouldn't trade my loyalty to my teammates. I wouldn't trade me not having over 100 sacks versus the sacks or numbers I have now for any for, for nothing because all I did was give me opportunities to win Super Bowls. And I think the voters and I think people should take those things under consideration too of how versatile, how versatile you was and where you put in position or were you doing multiple things? There are a lot of linebackers now that don't put their hand in the dirt on third down, that 
They come off the field on goal line situations. They can't drop in the coverage. If you look at guys like Clowney now, uh, where they tried to convert him to an outside linebacker and put him in coverage, it didn't work. If you look at Mario Williams, a guy that they tried to stand up and put in the coverage, it doesn't work. So you got to bring in these hybrid guys now to come in on nickel in different situations to cover. Well, guess what? I never came off the field. The only time I came off the field was to get a, a drink of water or to catch my breath. I played in the passing downs. I played in the rundowns. I played in goal line. I played in special situations. I never came off the field. So when you vote for a player and how special he was to his team and the impact he had, and a guy comes on and off the field, I don't see can they play behind that. So now I know what this guy can do and what this guy can't do. Like Bramble, myself, and Roosevelt, and a lot of other guys, we never came off the field. We just changed positions and changed roles. So I think that needs to be taken into consideration as well. Hey, Willie, we've got to run, but uh, thanks for the time, and best of luck for your Hall of Fame candidacy. Thanks again. Thanks, hey, Willie. Thank you guys, man. Appreciate it, man. That was former linebacker and now NFL analyst Willie McGinnis. And, and guys, uh, I want to ask, he makes a pretty convincing case. Goose, you know when he says he never came off the field? How do you get that across to Hall of Fame voters, and would that make a difference in terms of him getting in as, a, let's say, a semifinalist? Yeah, I think he's saying, judge me on my play as a football player, not on my stats. Yeah, and that's going to be a problem, frankly, for uh, a number of the Patriot defensive players because that's how the whole thing was set up, just as he said, and it was game-specific and all of that. So you didn't, you know, you, you lost a lot of numbers that other guys would get, and that's going to be tough for them. Okay, well, up next, you're going to hear why one of the linemen who blocked Willie, that'd be Lomas Brown, should be in the Hall of Fame conversation. This is the Talk of Fame Network. This is Leroy Glover, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. 